0: everybody, welcome to Props and Hops, a betting and beer podcast powered by Dimers.com and part of Blue Wire Hustle. I'm your host, Matt Landis, and with the NFL season hitting its stride, odds are you know the drill by now, let's get to our week four bets, curated from a dream team of football handicappers, plus some original analysis. 60% of the time, it works every time. We've got three sides to dig into this week, the first of which is the Jets plus seven hosting the Titans. And that line is current as I record this Thursday evening while the Bengals take on the Jaguars. And I know it can feel nauseating to bet the Jets, but there's a lot of sharp consensus on this play. Starting with Cleve T.A., who broke down this pick on the Tuesday episode of the U. S. NFL show I'm hosting... And also, whale capper Drew Dinsic and Rob Pizzola on the Jets on the Matchbook NFL show. In fact, the Jets were Drew's best bet this week. Steve Fezzik also making the Jets his best bet on the Dream Preview. And the hitman on the Hot Read Hits podcast was also on the Jets, as was Adam Chernoff, the host of the Simple Handicap podcast. I'll note that they mostly took seven and a half points with the Jets, and that's probably why this number is down to seven. That number's continued to move the Jets' way. I consider them good up to minus 115 for that plus seven. So I'd say there's still enough value for a reduced wager amount of eight tenths of a unit at that price, getting the full touchdown. And T.A. gave perhaps the biggest breakdown, so I'll start with some notes from his handicap. He pointed out that for the Jets, their first three games all came across top eight defenses in the league, and Tennessee brings a bottom eight defense. That's a key factor for most people I've heard who are on the Jets this week. And Drew added that Zach Wilson's biggest issue through three weeks has been dealing with constant pressure, and he should get a respite on that front against the Titans' poor pass rush ta also noted on the other side of the ball that the jets have a top 12 run defense and that's really good to have against a running back like derrick henry so we should be in for the jets best showing so far this season come sunday the second side for this week Looking at Baltimore traveling to Denver, and we have some plus ones available for the Ravens, some minus ones at other books, let's make it the Ravens on the money line for reduced VIG at minus 105. Experts on the Ravens this week include Adam. This was also a matchbook consensus play with Suma, Rob, and Drew, and Suma made the Ravens his best bet, and Drew's co-host on the Deep Dive podcast, Andy Molitor, also grabbed Baltimore on the money line for a better price when the line opened during their Sunday Live episode. Andy broke down the Ravens' play in more detail with friend of the pod Ross McDowell on this week's Early Value NFL podcast. And Suma presented perhaps the biggest handicap, so we can touch on a few of his points. My biggest takeaway was that Denver's almost the anti-Jets in the sense that we need to give them credit for playing well and getting off to this 3-0 start, but it's been a cakewalk of a schedule for the Broncos to start this season, having taken on the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets, so this could be a big step up in class for them, Adam noted this point as well, and Suma also touched on some regression he sees coming for both teams when it comes to their third down offense, and it could be negative regression for Denver since they have the second best EPA in the league on third down to date, and positive regression for Baltimore since they have the second worst EPA in the league on third down thus far. My takeaway from this point by Suma was that third downs are really high leverage moments and they can be very impactful in any one game, but they generally add a lot of noise when we see extreme stats like the Broncos being so high and the Ravens being so low in the rankings. Overall, in the long run, these teams tend to regress toward the mean. As far as injuries go, Suma also noted things going in different directions for these teams, trending down for Denver, now with cluster injuries at wide receiver. You may recall they lost Jerry Judy in the season opener, and then KJ Hamler last week, and Hamler's loss could make a big impact on the deep passing game. The Broncos are much more dink and dunk without him. And the Broncos also have multiple offensive linemen who could be out or limited. For the Ravens, things trending up on the injury front, Suma noting that cornerback Jimmy Smith returned last week in limited action, and he expects a bigger role for Smith this week. Rob Pizzola echoed that point, and Rob also noted from a matchup standpoint, the Broncos have a really good defense, but their pass defense is better than their rush defense, and Baltimore's ground game could present a big test. This is something Drew echoed as well. And Rob also noted the preseason line for this game was the Ravens minus three and a half, so even if we adjust Denver up, he sees this as too big of an adjustment to make Denver the favorite now in some places. This is also something Drew agreed with, and Adam added that the Ravens easily could have beaten the Raiders in week one, as well as Detroit by a wider margin last week. Rob made the point about last week's game that Marquise Brown had three huge drops and that really changed the complexion of the Ravens game against the Lions. And my takeaway there is that if the Ravens were coming into this game with a 3-0 record off a blowout win last week, they're probably the consensus favorite in Denver. So I'm aligned on the Ravens' money line one key factor to monitor however lamar jackson didn't practice wednesday or thursday due to a back issue it sounds precautionary but it's well worth keeping a close eye on over the next couple days all right the third and final side for week four looking at the raiders traveling to la to take on the chargers and i like the raiders at three and a half with some extra vig good up to minus 120 or reduced VIG on the plus three at minus 105. I'll grade this one at plus three minus 105 since that's more widely available, and I'd make that bet good for eight tenths of a unit, but I'd recommend shopping around for the hook if you can get it, and if you can get the Raiders at plus three and a half, like them for a full unit. Drew mentioned liking the Raiders on the Matchbook podcast, and he and Andy on the deep dive also mentioned being on Las Vegas this week, and Drew's handicap started off by mentioning the Raiders being on the brink of beating the Dolphins by 8 points in regulation last week. Instead, they only won by 3 in overtime, and Drew thinks if the Raiders win in cover in regulation last week, they might be shorter underdogs this week. Drew also notes that Justin Herbert has been making spectacular plays in big moments for the Chargers, but he's also not taking full advantage of some opportunities on early downs and on the other side of the ball, the Raiders offense has been using misdirection brilliantly to maximize its personnel. One more point from Drew, the Raiders may be on the road in this one, but they'll feel at home in front of that crowd in Los Angeles, so the Chargers deserving only a minimal home field advantage, if any, and considering that, three to three and a half points may well be overstating the gap between these two teams. And I'll add on, as a Chargers fan, that it still feels like Anthony Lynn lives on within this team. As a USC grad, don't even get me started on those rumors. Sticking with the Chargers here, they went plus four in turnovers in Kansas City last week and still had to hold on for dear life. When it comes to fundamentals, illegal shift penalties continued to be crushing for their offense, and Brandon Staley's endgame clock management was a clinic and breathing life back into your opposition. Instead of a chip-shot field goal at the buzzer, the Chargers went ahead and scored a touchdown to give the Chiefs the ball back with 32 seconds left, plus a timeout for Kansas City, and the Chargers missed the PAT after that touchdown, so if the Chiefs go down and score, that probably beats you in that case. Staley still let his kicker blast the kickoff through the end zone for a touchback, and I think you've gotta kick it high and short in that scenario, force a return that burns some clock, because the difference between a touchback and forcing a kickoff return could be giving Patrick Mahomes one more play to beat you. And the Chargers' special teams have been an ongoing issue for years now. That still doesn't seem to be fixed. They missed two more PATs in Kansas City. They also shanked a 24-yard punt. I will say I liked Staley's aggression on fourth down, going for it multiple times when a lot of other coaches would have punted, so there's plenty to like about him now and in the long term, but there's also plenty for him to clean up at this stage. Overall, I think it was a great result for the Chargers last week, and they have tons of talent, but it's been a very shaky process for them over these past couple weeks, and there's no guarantee that same process against the Raiders on Monday night will yield a win or a cover. Two totals to get to for Week 4 as well, with the first one being Carolina and Dallas over 51 and a half. Suma broke this down in his Matchbook Insights article, noting the Panthers' defense has been lights out through three weeks, but it's been a soft schedule to start the season for them, so while we give them credit for dominating that schedule and acknowledging they have earned that 3-0 start, they're ripe for regression with a big step-up in class to the Cowboys' offense, and injuries could also be an issue for that Panthers' defense that's now down three key cogs from Week 1, headlined by the loss of top-10 draft pick, cornerback JC Horn. The Cowboys defense could also be due for some regression according to Suma. He notes they lead the league with eight turnovers, but they're middle of the pack if we look at metrics that strip out turnovers. Meanwhile, when Carolina has the ball, Sam Darnold, not necessarily a good NFL quarterback in Suma's eyes, but offensive coordinator Joe Brady has been setting him up for success with more play action, pre-snap motion, and passing before it gets to third down. Suma's also not overly concerned with the Christian McCaffrey injury, he thinks Chuba Hubbard's gonna be just fine for the Panthers' run game, and he doesn't mind if McCaffrey's absence forces Carolina to lean more heavily into the passing game for the purposes of this total. Overall, Suma sees two overrated defenses and expects both offenses to move the ball up and down the field in Dallas. And I'll note just one more thing here, the total has crossed through the key number of 51, so at 51.5, I recommend it for a slightly reduced wager amount of 8 tenths of a unit. (laughs) The second total on this week's card, Giants Saints first half under 21.5, good up to minus 120. Fezzik broke this one down, and he noted it hinges on the full game total having been hammered from as high as 47 down to 41 and a half at some books. And trying to get in on the full game under right now could be like catching a falling knife, losing key numbers like 47, 45, 44, and 42. But isolating the first half under 21 and a half isn't really losing any key numbers. And that's because when the full game total was as high as 47, that first half total likely never would have been available for under the key number of 24. We probably would have been looking at 23 and a half as the first half number here. And going from 23 and a half to 21 and a half is only the loss of two fairly insignificant numbers, considering the first half is pretty unlikely to land on 22 or 23. And I know that's a lot of numbers to run past you. So here's a quick synopsis of the handicap. The value on the full game under likely gone at this point, but if the heavy early money on that full game total is correct, the value on the first half under is still intact at 21 and a half. We've also got a teaser to get to for this week, and I'll make that the Vikings +8 hosting the Browns paired with the Saints minus one and a half hosting the Giants. On the Minnesota side of things, it's a number grab crossing up through three and seven, but I also like that the Vikings offense is performing at an elite level, and even with home field advantage on the decline, I think Minnesota gets a strong one, so I expect the Vikings to stay competitive in a game that could go either way. On the Saints side of things, it's also a numbers grab, in this case crossing down through 7-3, taking the clearly superior team at home for the first time this season to do little more than win outright. As a heads up, I teased the Saints with the Bengals on Tuesday's BetUS NFL show, as did Las Vegas Chris, so if Cincinnati wins by at least 2 on Thursday night, I'll already have some exposure on the Saints, and that would make this Viking Saints teaser little more than a pizza bet for me so hopefully my exposure on the Saints is still intact when Thursday night's all said and done, but if you don't have any previous exposure on New Orleans, I like this Viking saints teaser for eight-tenths of a unit. And one more note as far as teasers go this week, last week was a teaser bonanza, I think every advantage teaser crossing through three and seven ended up hitting, special thanks to Justin Tucker for that, and it's looking like another enticing teaser board this week, But I've gotta say, I don't like some of the sides as much, so while the numbers hold a lot of weight when it comes to firing on teasers, I'd advise proceeding with some caution. I think there are other ways to invest in week four, and on that note, let's get to a couple of props. The first prop this week Devin Singletary, under 11.5 receiving yards. The hitman broke this one down, noting the Bills have been working Zach Moss more heavily into their backfield rotation, and game script could also be a factor, with Buffalo being a 17-point favorite. That could mean a big lead for the Bills, translating to less passing. So overall, a lighter workload for Singletary, plus quite possibly fewer passes for his team in this one, could equal fewer opportunities for Singletary to crack double-digit receiving yards. I make this good at 11.5 up to minus 120, but consider this a PSA to shop for the best number at one prominent offshore. I'm currently seeing it available at under 12.5 for minus 115. The second prop for this week, Arizona at the Rams' shortest touchdown under 1.5 yards and if the shortest touchdown under one and a half yards prop was a meal ticket last year, it's got me starving so far in 2021, 0-3 so far with this prop on the show this season, and it's progressing from frustrating to comical. Last week I lost this prop with the Seahawks and the Vikings, but I played it in six other games that naturally went 5-1, and so a friendly reminder, there's variance in play in any given game with this prop, but in the long run, it has value as long as it's mispriced. With the Cardinals and Rams in this one, I'm eyeing it because it's the highest total on the Week 4 board, with more points, boding well for the likelihood of more touchdowns, and more touchdowns, good for the likelihood of some 1-yard touchdowns. For the Rams, I also like that they're probably getting running back Daryl Henderson back this week, and on the Cardinals side of things, Kyler Murray's a dynamic dual threat from the goal line, we even saw Tom Brady sneak in a touchdown from the one against the Rams defense last week, it wouldn't be a surprise for another quarterback to punch in a one yard touchdown against the Rams this weekend. I make this good up to minus 150, and I am seeing better than that available as I record, But it looks like this prop is now available pretty much exclusively offshore if you're working with regulated us books i think there are some similar ways to attack this angle i look at bets such as both teams to score a touchdown in each half basically anything you can find at a good price that's a derivative betting option in a game with a high total all right that does it for this week's bets and on that note let's get into a rapid fire recap of the NFL week four portfolio. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. Three sides, the Jets plus seven hosting Tennessee, the Ravens on the money line at Denver, and the Raiders plus three at the Chargers. Two totals, Carolina, Dallas over 51 and a half, and Giants Saints first half under 21 and a half. One teaser, Minnesota plus eight hosting Cleveland, paired with the Saints' minus 1.5 hosting the Giants, and two props, Devin Singletary under 11.5 receiving yards, and Cardinals Rams' shortest touchdown under 1.5 yards.